0: The Take What Serves, Leave the Rest podcast is sponsored by Prairie Care. You know, going through the process of getting help with your mental health can be very overwhelming. I definitely know that from firsthand experience. Prairie Care can help guide you through it and get you in touch with the help that you need. They've been offering mental health services to all ages in the Twin Cities of Minnesota since 2005. Whether you're looking for clinical services, a specialty outpatient program, or a more intensive level of care like inpatient treatment, Prairie Care has you and your family covered. Visit prairie care.com to learn more. That's prairie care.com. There. My friends, big welcome into this episode of the Take What Serves, Leave the Rest podcast. My name is Brian Piets, and uh, this is like the fourth time that I've started to record this intro, Hello Perfectionism, so I don't care what I say, I'm sticking with this one. Whatever comes out of my mouth is going to be the intro. <laughs> That's my 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 exercise here in this moment, um, so, so glad that you're here. And looking forward to to spending this time with you. This week, we are joining hands with the See My Grief podcast, which is hosted by my dear friend Kelly Grosslogs. Um, have had the honor of doing um, a lot of work with with Kelly over the last several years, and so it only makes sense that we would come together and and record some podcast episodes together. And this week, we are talking about talking to our inner child. Such deep, sacred, important work. And um, we dive into a number of things around this in this episode. And Kelly kind of interviews me about some of the things that... I would want to say to to my own inner child, and um, talking to that that younger part of myself that that lives within not only myself but we all live with those those littles within us um, that have been through so much. And so, uh, for those of you who are not familiar, um, Kelly Grosslogs is a licensed clinical social worker who has worked for over twenty five years in the field of oncology, palliative care, and hospice including running her own private therapy practice for over 15 years. Uh, Today, she shares her messages with audiences across the country as a national speaker. She is the founder of Conversations with Kelly, which is a community supporting people experiencing grief and loss, terminal illness, and so much more. Um, She is the host, of course, of the See My Grief podcast and the author of the book, A Comforted Heart. I hope that you take something that serves you from this conversation, and so let's begin.
1: Hello, Brian. I'm welcoming you to your own podcast. I know this
0: is awesome, and I love it.
1: For those that are listening to the first time to our podcast and that don't necessarily know your story and why would it be important for you to talk to your younger self can Mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about what that younger self went through
0: yeah i I, you know it's there's so many moments that go into anybody's childhood including Mm -hmm. mine and and a lot of them were incredibly beautiful and amazing and wonderful and i look back at being a kid and there's a lot of um wonderful memories And there's also some stuff that was really hard when it comes to struggling with anxiety and um, kind of always being consumed with a lot of anxious thoughts in particular. um, I had an experience when I was in middle school where I was sitting in the lunchroom at Agassiz Middle School in Fargo, North Dakota, not long after I had... um, not long after I had moved actually from Denver, which is where I grew up to Fargo. So it was kind of in the midst right after a really big change. And I had this experience where I was sitting there and just completely was overtaken with this feeling of being really detached from my body Mm -hmm. and kind of feeling like I wasn't real. And I felt like all of a sudden I was living in this dreamlike state and I could hear all the the noise of the lunchroom around me and yet i was kind of like really really shaken to my core of like what is going on I, you know I, i'd i'd had like little i had little moments where i had felt that sensation up until that point but it was always pretty fleeting and it was something about that moment it just took hold in a well, huge how
1: scary. way scary you were 12
0: 12 years old sixth grade
1: yeah. That's a hard time at best. Yeah. And so to have that experience, did you feel like do you remember the noise in the lunchroom mm-hmm. and all that? Did it did it oh, feel muddle, muffled or
0: Yeah, I kind of just remember I mean, the, the lunchroom in and of itself is just always kind of a scary thing I feel like for mm-hmm. kids I, mm-hmm. still, I still feel that reaction actually when I go back into lunchrooms and cafeterias
1: absolutely
0: but um yes I remember it's, it's almost like I could remember kind of like other people sitting at the table and me trying to kind of like play it cool like I like okay, I'm, I'm trying to project this image that I'm good and I'm fine but like internally I'm just like what is going on and <laughs> you know it wouldn't be until many, many years later, really into college that I started to hear about like this thing called depersonalization and derealization and anxiety where it was like helping me understand like, oh, my body was in like this extreme kind of fight or flight moment or, you know, or it it kind of like was trying to protect me in a very interesting Mm -hmm. way, Mm -hmm. but it didn't, it felt anything but protective at the time it felt really really scary and so I kind of like yeah to like to answer your question I guess it just yeah I just remember the moment feeling very scary and then and then everything kind of gets really hazy after that
1: okay I was gonna ask do you remember like the hours after that what were you like did you just kind of shut down
0: I have no I don't have a lot of memories of what happened right after and I've thought about that a lot I'm like what did I do did I just like I probably just went back to my classroom Mm -hmm. and you know tried to kind of go about my day it it actually feels like the most vivid memory that I have after that was I think in the days after I remember going to the mall in Fargo oh dear and just being like what is going on with Mm -hmm. me like I could feel it and and I could have that same that same feeling of being really kind of spacey and like I was in a dream and it, it I, I think the best way to describe it is it just felt like all of a sudden my whole world became about checking and being really hyper aware in my mind of is that scary feeling there or not?
1: Oh, that is and then probably not having the words to explain it to anybody yeah. and yeah. thinking something's wrong and for those um people first listening go back because you do have some podcasts, right? Where you talk about yep. talking to your mom and dad, going to the yep. doctor. <clears throat> yeah. So when we talk about, and I, and I know you and I both resonate with this feeling of, we are a collective person to the age we are today. We are a collective age that we've been. Mm-hmm. So our one-year-old's in there, our 14-year-old's in there. Yep. Your 12-year-old's in there. Your 22-year-old's in there. And, the way we would talk to a younger person is often different than the way we talk to ourselves as an adult. Right. Yeah. So when you think about that fear, like, because so many people listening to this can relate to that fear, whether it's from a panic attack, a diagnosis, a loss, now they're alone. What the Brian that is sitting here today, go back to that moment in that lunchroom -hmm. What are some things that you've learned along this way that you maybe would say to him now? Yeah. That you didn't have the ability at that time? Yeah.
0: I mean, what I've. What I would say is I think, first of all, letting him know that he's safe. Yes. Huge. I think would have been really, really, really important in that moment. Um, because my mind was telling me a lot of really scary things about what was going on. You know, you must be going, you must be losing your mind. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you're going you to pass out in front of everybody. You, you must have a brain tumor. You yeah. know, there must be something terribly wrong here because this just doesn't feel right. Um, you know, I've learned a lot about the, the kind of how to, how to manage that feeling that I would want to tell him, you know, just things about like allowing it, you know, and, yes. and the more that I try to fight and get that feeling to go away, the stronger it's going to become. Cause the wild thing, Kelly, is that like I sitting here right now, I feel that exact feeling in many ways of what I felt back then. Like mm-hmm. it's, it still is, mm-hmm. it's, it's primal. It still shows up in me all yeah. the time when I, when I start to give it attention and yet there's just more tools, right, of how to kind of work with
1: it. So if you say to your younger self, I'm safe, mm-hmm. or if you'd say you are safe, have you tried that on as an adult? Do you say to yourself when you're feeling that, that you are safe? Have um, you been able to say that to you? Yeah, because try. that's such a beautiful thing. I mean, that safety part is so it's big, right? Huge. And when people are listening and they say, how do I support my son who's going through this or how do I... Yep. That's one of our things is that you are safe Yeah, and if people don't feel safe, we'll do what we need to do to get you safe. Yeah.
0: And I think too, another big thing in all of this is that, um, I think it, I, I, I wish I, I would tell him that it's okay too, to be scared, mm-hmm. you know, like it's okay it's it's okay that this feels scary like like lean into somebody lean yes. into people lean into people right I mean and that's a reoccurring theme in my life is learning how to lean into other people and and I tend to when I start to feel really scary things internally i, I would you know the kind of the the automatic reaction with me seems to always be withdraw mm-hmm. and yet what I need the most is to lean in and so um that would have been. What would I know, you know, like thinking back to, um, thinking back to that moment is that it would have been a really, really a game changer for me if I had walked to the, to the nurse's office or, or walked somewhere and told somebody what I was feeling. And somebody had said to me, um, let's talk about anxiety or let's talk about mental health or let's. Like for somebody mm-hmm. to have introduced that to me at that age would have been, I think, often about how much different the, it, it, it could have been in that moment because oh. I I didn't I literally had no idea what I was experiencing and, and for a long time didn't know what I was experiencing and so that is that's something that I wish I had been told at that age.
1: So that's a beautiful learning for people listening. Yeah, and it really is. We are seeing anxiety show up a lot younger in kids now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to call it that. Right. It's okay to call it grief. It's okay to call it death. It's these these big scary things mm-hmm. because you are beautifully showing to us that if little Brian would have had a name for what was going on, yeah. he then didn't have to go down the path of this is a brain tumor. Yeah. And all these other. I mean, anxiety is scary, but. You, yeah. you went down an even scarier path in a lot of ways. And yeah. when we as humans have a name for something, right? Yeah. So you would have given him reassurance that he was safe and you would have called it, you would have, you would have named it yes. for him, which is, I think, such a beautiful thing we can do yeah. for kids and for even adults is to help them name something that yes. they're going through.
0: And I, yes. And because I think... I've thought about this a lot. The, I think there's a fear and I understand it. There's a fear out there around naming things because we don't want people to feel like we're labeling them with something mm-hmm. and that like your, your anxiety or your depression or right. your OCD or like, you know, whatever it is. But I think what gets sometimes missed is that there's actually great power in, in the naming of it because it's like, Oh, Oh, it's like this thing that I'm experiencing and it helps me understand why I'm experiencing mm-hmm. what I'm experiencing. And I think sometimes like, I, I just think that that's, that's something that I know in my journey has been really helpful to, to name and own and be like, this is a thing that is hard for me. And this kind of explains a little bit why it's hard for me. Yeah.
1: And I, and do you find that, because I also find this thing with human beings that when we, we name something and then we share it, those that also experience it mm-hmm. find us somehow. Absolutely. And sharing it lessens the burden, right? Yep. I mean, it, it, it's like yep. allowing someone to hear it and hold it with you. Can you imagine your little guy at 12, if another friend sitting there would have right. said to you, that happened to me once, Brian. And all of a sudden, you're not alone in this. Yeah. And we're calling it something... Because I, I agree with you, and I, I appreciate you bringing up the labeling part. Um, well, even the word label gets a bad rap, right? right. right? And so what we want to talk about today is just naming it, which is also slash honoring it.
0: Yeah, it's like a... Because I think sometimes... I don't know, I think sometimes people... I don't know. Like if I come to you and I say, man, I'm really struggling with anxiety today or I'm really in my head and, and there's a dismissal of that. Mm -hmm. It starts to feel like, well, what's wrong with me that this is so hard, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know that I had this really beautiful way that I was going to verbalize this. And now in the moment I can't do it, but I think um, you're
1: doing beautiful and come back to it. If it comes comes up. yeah. Yeah.
0: That's we, a whole other we'll do a whole other podcast about
1: we will. Naming and see, we're just honoring done and you're just keeping we're us. just building. You're just keeping right you're now. just keeping <laughs> us here on our on the edge of our seats. You know, what I was gonna say is you um you bring up a really good point about this dismissal. And I think that comes externally, but I often see it coming internally from yeah. people. So that kind of, and there's various reasons why people do this, right? Like, no, 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 it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Part of it is us people-pleasing and taking care of others or we don't want the focus on us. Hmm. But I'm hoping, because what you, if you, anytime you tell your story, you obviously get this response from people like, oh, how scary is a 12-year-old? And and people really join you in that and empathically join Mm -hmm. you. My hope is that people can start naming it empathically for themselves yes. and not diminishing it for people for themselves and not yeah. saying, well, someone else has it worse, or at least it's not this. I think both are true. I think sometimes people do their stories can feel harder to us. And at the same time, ours is really hard because we're living it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, cause I, I've heard people talk about things and they'll say, well, at least this isn't cancer. Well, at least this isn't, mm-hmm. you know, heart disease. What Yet, and it still is very, very hard. So, another thing I would love to go back and tell our younger selves is like exactly what you just said, which I think is so beautiful. It's okay to be scared. Yeah. And I would take it a step further. And it's okay to tell me you're scared. Yeah. You know, it's okay to tell people. I wish I could teach my younger self the power of vulnerability. Mm. I really do. I. I got, when my mom died, I got a lot of, you're so strong. You're such a strong little girl. You're such a, and those internal things that, that go in. In other words, we're supposed to be this. I wish we could go back and tell our younger selves that there's a power in being vulnerable and letting people see what's going on.
0: Yes. It's, it's, we're so programmed to do the opposite. I
1: know. And we don't even have to like, to even say to kids now, like, are you scared? I know. Are you scared? That would have been a game changer for you. That would have oh, been would a game been changer huge. for me. It would have been a game changer for many of us. But not just letting them go yes or no, but how does that feel in your body? What does that it's feel exactly like? Exactly right. What does that feel like to tell me that? Now, how are you feeling after we've talked about it? All these beautiful things, we, I wish we could all go back and talk to her.
0: Well, because I, I think I've been working a lot in my own a lot of the work for me lately personally has been like, I love the word embodied right now. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, just, it, it just, I, I'm, I'm so, I feel like I'm at this point and we, as we all are right. Like this journey back to my body and yep. it feels like that's where we all start as little babies. And, you know, I look at, um, I mean, I even, I look at myself as a kid. I, I love to dance and I love to yeah. like be in my body in that way. And and I was so tapped into that, like inner, that just inner joy, that childlike joy within myself. And then I can just start to see that over the years, it was like slowly and slowly and slowly. I almost like drifted more and more up into my head, mm-hmm. you know? And it was like this like journey of up and up and up into my head. I go, mm. and I'm trying to control it in my mind. And now it's like, okay, how do I get myself a little bit more down into my body now. And so like, you know, I think that's what a gift you can give. I wish I could have given to my younger self in that moment would have been like in that moment, in that, in that lunchroom, what I didn't need to do there was jump up into my mind and try to figure out Mm -hmm. what's going on. And all the scary stories I was telling myself about that. I needed to like cry into the arms of somebody who could hold me and tell me I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's, and I think that's actually what, most of us need most of the time right is like just the expression of the emotions that are in the body not the story not getting sucked into the stories of what our minds are telling us about our our bodily experience
1: and what a beautiful gift that would be to a child to say that okay maybe words aren't because some kids don't have you didn't have at 12 to explain this but maybe you could have danced it out. Maybe you could have drawn it out. Maybe right. you could have screamed it out. Maybe you could have cried it out. Yeah. And to also say to our younger selves, there's more ways to do this. And, I and you know, we feel silly mm-hmm. doing something. We feel silly screaming. We feel silly dancing. We we are programmed to be inhibited I know. as adults. Which is so silly. It is, which it is. And so to go back again to that younger child... And and allow and give permission and encourage, actually encourage. Yes. And wouldn't that be incredible, even though the body sometimes is the scariest place for some, when you're some, feeling yeah. that, yeah. those feelings. um But it's also, if your body is where you're hurting, then you have to be in your body to heal, right? Yeah. You can't heal your body yeah. and your mind. I mean, I just, I know they're yeah. connected, but you have to be in it yeah to heal it. And it's...
0: The, and I'm even noticing now as I, it, 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 as I say this, I'm a, we were just talking about my my psychophysiology class where I'm in grad school right now, and I it, it's been this whole thing of, oh my god, the brain and the body, yeah. like it truly is one thing, yeah, <laughs> it truly is, and I've always it's like I've known that, but like as I've really dove into this, I'm like it is all the same thing, and mm-hmm. that's really yeah. helped. So even saying, the journey back to from the head to the from the like the mind to the body. I mean, it's all the same thing, but it's the power is in reconnecting to our bodies. I I really do think that's where so much of our freedom lies is when we can just get more into those spaces.
1: Well, and what would you say to your younger self about appreciating his body and honoring his body? Because Mm -hmm. there's so many people that have body issues that when we talk about being in your body... They don't want to be in their body because they don't like their body, right? right. So right. what would you say about the mind-body connection to your younger person? Or what, what, would, you, what mm. would you remind him? How would you give him um, safety or love around his body? What would you say to him? Because, of yeah. course, we, have, we all have hang-ups about our body. There is. Right? I, I mean, we're too tall. We're too short. We're too this. We're too thin. We're too fat. We're too well, Our yeah. hair is or whatever. I mean, we just go on and on. And I think that little person is listening.
0: For sure. And, and my story all the time growing up was you're too skinny. And oh. I don't know where. I mean, mm. I am a skin. I mean, I, I always was more of a skinnier person growing up. And yet, which didn't always fit the narrative, right, of what a guy is supposed to be, right? You're supposed to have muscles and all that kind of thing. But, yeah, I mean, I remember growing up, I was always so scared to take my shirt off at the pool. And, Mm. you know, that still comes up for me often, you know, that... It's amazing how things that happen when you're young stay with you.
1: It's um, amazing you're doing this podcast without your shirt on. <laughs> yeah,
0: I am. I, am I, I didn't think you were going to tell everybody that I was.
1: I'm sorry, I was Brian. Totally I, shouldn't, shirtless. <laughs> I shouldn't have told them.
0: <laughs> I've been flexing the whole time. Though, I know. And I'm sure like, what's he talking
1: okay. about? He's got a great physique. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but it's, I mean, as as cheesy as it all sounds, right? Like, we are we just need to remind our younger selves that, I mean, however you are is, is more than enough. Like I I often say our innate worthiness is never up for just for debate,
1: Mm.
0: you know? And, and I really do believe that like we can, you know, we can go in and dive into parts of ourselves that we struggle with and, and, you know, and do the work of healing. And yet I think at the baseline of all of that work, there has to be this belief that, your innate worthiness is not up for discussion. It's beautiful. Like, like that is that is just something that is there within everybody no matter what.
1: Can you imagine if a we believe, can you imagine if someone told us that as a teenager? Right? I mean truly, because that is not the that's not the messages teenagers are getting today. I know. I mean, especially ones that are struggling, they're getting a lot of you're this, you're that, you're an inconvenience, you're yeah. in trouble, you're broken, you're whatever. I know. But can you imagine going back and, and telling him that his worthiness is not up for discussion and that he's yeah. very worthy? and Yes. He's, and even with the obsessive thoughts, even with the intrusive thoughts, even with yeah. the depersonalization, with all of that, yeah. you remain worthy. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's it's not... One does not cancel out the other, and I think that would that's such a beautiful message you're giving us today. Because you know, whatever people that are listening with are trying to maneuver and um and heal, replace it with depersonalization or anxiety, whatever it is. I do think that that the lessons you're teaching us, Brian, are applicable. Well,
0: and I just, I mean, I, I, I. I mean it. I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't care what thought is going through your mind right now as you listen to this. I don't care what emotion you're feeling in your body. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you've done. I don't, I really don't. <laughs> it, it is your, you are innately worthy just as you are, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean like that, that is, that is the foundation I think of where I, um, not even, I think I know that that's the foundation of how I operate from. And, and I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to implement, implement that the best I can within myself. And that's a
1: that's huge.
0: That's a lesson that is um a daily journey because the mind can be really convincing.
1: I think you are so courageous and I think it takes a, a form of bravery to tell your story. So thank you. I know it kind of becomes commonplace for us. Sometimes, you know, we just tell our story like how many interviews have people asked us? And we just tell our story. Yeah. I think it's incredible. And another thing that I've noticed with.
0: That, well, <laughs> I'm sure everybody can hear Monty back here. Yeah. He's, he's starting to get. But you know worthy. what? He's still worthy. Is even though. even he, if he, even he, he though, Brian? Even if he's irritating <laughs> you in this moment. <laughs> yes, he's he still is. still worthy.
1: Monty, you're worth. <laughs> I'm saying this to your younger self. You're worthy. <laughs> yeah. um, he is. I love these dogs so much, but this is just. They've actually been better, quote-unquote, for yours. They have been a little, bit,
0: a little bit calmer this episode.
1: Um, I think it's so beautiful that you're being vulnerable enough because sometimes there's a disconnect of what we say and what we do. And I mm-hmm. think one of your things and that we talked about is going back and then reassuring your younger self you're safe and it's okay to be scared. It's okay to tell me you're scared. And I've noticed... Lately, you've been doing that more as an adult, um, Mm. saying those things. And, Brian, that's just so beautiful. Like, I'm so proud of you that you are aligning with what you've learned and what you've said. And one of the things I would love to hear as a younger person going through all the muck is that I am not going to leave you. Mm. I am going to be here. Somebody, you know, is i am gonna I am gonna be here with you while you go through all of this. I am not gonna leave you because that's one of the fears that younger people have or anybody has for that matter in disclosing some of these vulnerable things, yeah is that people are gonna leave
0: right, right
1: you know, and for you to go back to twelve year old Brian and just say i'm gonna be right here with you. I'm gonna be with here I'm gonna be with you every spacey feeling you have, every intrusive thought you have. Mm-hmm. I'm not leaving you, mm. and there is a power in that. Even when you want to pull away, right? Um, we must not abandon ourselves. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So as we're wrapping up, I, I feel like we could just. There's so many more questions I have. Um, about this, yeah. particularly because you've you have evolved so much from sharing your story um, mm-hmm. that I've witnessed in the last four years that there's just so many other lessons, but we can do this again. We can. Um, because I think there's more that people are going to be hungry to hear and want to know. Can you talk, as we end, can you talk about the thing that was the most helpful for you when you look back at that time, when it, once you you know, things finally, what was the most helpful? Mm -hmm. We talked a lot about what wasn't, but.
0: Yeah. You know, I think, I think what comes to mind right away, honestly, is the, the deep understanding that I kind of, um, experienced during that time of what I'm capable of getting through, Mm -hmm. you know, and and like how many moments, especially during that period of my life, I was like, I don't know what's going on with me. I don't know how I'm going to, I have to go to school today and I have to feel this way. And yet like I would, I I got through it, (laughs) you know, That
1: is so beautiful.
0: Like I got through it and and i and i still to this day and i'm sure a lot of people out there listening to this who struggle with um any kind of mental health stuff know what that can feel like sometimes in the morning when you wake up and you're like how mm-hmm. the hell am i going to get through today mm-hmm. because the way i feel right now i don't know how this is going to play out yeah um and yet
1: somehow i always find a way and i and what a beautiful reminder yeah. to remind our people when they when they're going through hard that they've been through hard I also think, um, isn't it beautiful when you look back on that little one or that younger one, and you, as you were as you describe him, you have zero judgment, mm. you have zero shaming in your voice. It's mm. it's beautiful. I don't know if mm. you've ever noticed that, but as you say it, there's this compassionate, empathic way in which you say it. It wasn't this, oh my gosh, he was this and that it was just there's almost this compassion for our story when we tell it in retrospect for sure and i think that's important for all of us to kind of pause today think about what we've been through and that every time we've gone through something we embody uh, to use your word we embody those skills within us and the body keeps the score but it also remembers what helped us for sure and it will rely on that You say something in your breath work that I think is a beautiful thing um, to talk about in this, and that is our heart Mm -hmm. has beat beat through every difficult, joyful, angry, every moment with us, it has beat with us. And I think the heart that's beating in our chest today is the same heart that was beating when you were 12 and when you were scared. And I think... You do. So we talk about that just a little bit as we're ending that mm-hmm. kind of visual that you do with people because it's so. Yeah. I love it. Every I, like I was just at your breath work the other night, and I'm like, oh, I hope he's gonna say this. I hope he's gonna say <laughs> this because it is just so affirming.
0: Yeah. It. Um. I love that you like that. Oh my gosh, I, I love it. I um. Yeah. I. It oftentimes, you know, when I'm done, throughout throughout certain points of teaching breath work, I always try to have people put their hands on their hearts, whether it's Mm. at the beginning or the end of practice, it's usually both. And yeah, I don't know, like one day it just kind of came to me. I was like, we're sitting here holding our heartbeat in our hands. And this is the exact same energy within our heart that has been with us every step of the way through every tough time, every moment of joy and everything in between I know, like like so like beautiful. this thing has been right there with us every mm-hmm. step of the way and it will continue to be there and so i think sometimes when like the you know the mind is a scary ass place for me sometimes to go to and so getting lost in there usually just leads me around and around and around and yet if i can tap into my heart yes. it's like that has been that's the steadiness that's been with me every step of the way and has been with every, all of us and I think there's something really beautiful about just grounding into that um, at certain points throughout the day.
1: Well, and your heart is so beautiful, Brian. And I, um, I do hope we can do this again because I'm already thinking of lots of yeah. things I didn't ask you about. Um, so if you summed up in the mm-hmm. next 30 seconds the top three things you'd tell your younger self, what would mm. they be from this conversation?
0: Um, you're more resilient than you know Um, the thought and the emotion will pass Mm -hmm. nothing is permanent it's all temporary and it's okay to feel what's there
1: Mm. well I will take those and use them in my adult life but imagine a scared child hearing that, Yeah. how beautiful. So thank you, dear friend. Thank you, friend. This was, this this was, was beautiful. So, this makes me actually like doing podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that, yeah. Anyway, so it, it's, um, what a joy. And when you're sitting and connected with somebody in mm. that heart space, right? Mm-hmm. And that, why do we do podcasts? We do podcasts so that people feel less alone. For sure and I know that what you're sharing today it certainly has resonated with me I know that it will resonate with many and if you get nothing else out of this put your hands over your heart yes and remember Brian's words that that heart has has gotten you through times of joy times of sorrow times of grief times of fear mm-hmm. and it continues to beat. And it will continue yeah so thank you thanks friend
0: Once again, a, a big thank you to Kelly for that, that conversation that um, just felt so grounding to have that and to sit down together and, um, and have that chat. So big thank you to Kelly. Big thank you to all of you for being here. Um, encourage you if you are not already to follow Conversations with Kelly on Facebook um, and also check out her, her podcast, of course, See My Grief, an incredible resource out there for anybody experiencing grief and loss. Um, and so I will link up to all the ways that you can, you can link up with Kelly in the show notes of this episode. So as always, my friends, take what serves you from this episode. Go ahead and leave the rest and continue to be gentle with you every step of the way, every moment along the journey. And we'll talk soon. Also, just a reminder that this podcast is not meant to replace work with a therapist. And so if you feel you need it, I encourage you to reach out to a trained mental health professional. All right, we'll talk soon.